Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 228. The Summer Guest Fest has arrived, and this year we've decided since summertime is the easiest time of year to get distracted from your business, the kids are home from school, vacation is on the horizon, there's so much going on that can keep you from moving forward towards your goals that we want to do everything possible to keep you on track and inspire you to keep moving forward towards accomplishing your big dream. So for the next two months, we're going to be offering you at least two special guest episodes episodes each and every week. We hope you enjoy the extra value, the added inspiration, and a little extra urge of motivation to keep on going. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here today with Nikki Pfeiffer. She's the founder of Cocktail CEO and a recognized business growth expert. Nikki, welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, and this is an especially fun show for me because I get to have another business growth expert on the show. So uh, I'm really looking forward to um, having a great dialogue and uh, really giving a lot of great value for our listeners. So um, let's just share a little bit about Nikki and then uh, we'll get right down to business. Uh, Nikki is the founder of Cocktail CEO and a recognized business growth expert that shows entrepreneurs and executive leaders how to cut through the noise and get down to the few vital things in their businesses that result in more sales with less stress. The how-to is addressed in her latest project, How to Make Your Business Stand Out in Five Happy Hours. She is a guest executive lecturer for the Philadelphia University's Strategic MBA program and has been a business consultant to some of the most innovative companies in the world, such as P&G, Coca-Cola, Tiffany & Company, Apple, IBM, as well as many other startups. So Nikki, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to be here. I know I love, I always love speaking with um, other uh, business growth experts such as yourself. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, let's get right down to it. I I love that you have right in your bio here, um, you know, that you really help people get down to the few vital things in their business that are going to make them money instead of um, the the mad scramble that we see most people going through. So talk to us a little bit about some of the biggest pitfalls that you're seeing out there today with entrepreneurs that are holding them back from success and what they can do to simplify and streamline to get down to those core vital things that you're referring to here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And real quick note, um, just to give some context before I answer that question. Um, So so my business experience and uh, how I kind of came into it is a little bit, um, it's actually quite a bit different. So uh, I started my career at, you know, one of the, if not the largest uh, business consultants to Fortune 500 companies. And so you know, I immediately was working in a company that was really made up of a lot of small, medium, large sized businesses, as well as working directly with a lot of large companies like Apple and Procter and Gamble. So, um, it's, I kind of really started to get to see, um, you know, a lot of different vantage points in terms of what drives sales outcomes. So working at different stages from the startup, just starting out to more mature type companies, um, working across every industry um, and in, you know, different disciplines such as marketing, sales, strategy, designing business models, strategic alliances, operations. And I was fortunate to have a really great business mentor that uh, really took the time to try and develop me into more of a well-rounded business person and, you know, made sure I kind of got experience within each of those areas. So it allowed me to 
quickly start seeing common denominators across all of these different businesses and what were the few things that uh, they were doing that were and really focusing in on that made the biggest impact on their sales. Perfect. Yeah. And I, I think that vantage point is incredibly helpful because I think, you know, a lot of times I think business owners think to themselves, well, my business is different. My situation is different. Um, things are more complex for me. I'm more disadvantaged, whatever. And I think having that broad vision of seeing so many different angles and being able to still narrow it down to those core things is is a huge help, um, I'm sure, uh, with with all the, the variety of different levels and sizes of companies that you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, probably, so one area um, that I think maybe we could talk a little bit about, because it's, I think it's a definitely a common frustration for a lot of small businesses and entrepreneurs um, that I definitely hear a lot about is in terms of them saying, hey, you know what, I'm spending a lot of time podcasting, live streaming, blogging, tweeting, but I don't really feel like that's helping me grow my audience or my sales. Um, you know, what should I be doing? And it really comes down to in terms of like how people are approaching cons, what's, you know, that's essentially content marketing. So, you know, you're putting the content out there in terms of, um, you know, trying to attract audience, build your audience, you know, hopefully selling your products and services. But I think what gets lost, um, kind of out in the marketplace so often in the context behind it is that, cause most people get into content marketing thinking, right, well, that's just, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what, that's what, uh, you know, that's what everybody's telling me I need to do, but there's really two primary purposes or objectives behind content marketing. One is to create awareness and grow, grow your audience. And the second is to, um, guide your, those prospects along, you know, kind of along the cycle into eventually purchasing your product or service and converting them. So, so many people don't kind of understand that objective. So I would say that's, I would point that out as one thing to keep in mind um, that anytime you're going to create a piece of content, whether it be, you know, on your podcast or your blog or, um, you know, Periscope or, you know, through Twitter, specifically keep on, you know, which purpose, or which objective, and you can't really do both of those. You can't do both of those things. I mean, sometimes you can hit on both of those, those objectives, but you know, are you trying to create awareness to grow your audience or you need to decide whether you're trying to answer maybe a specific question or frustration in the customer's mind to kind of guide them through to making that purchase? Yeah, definitely. And you know, one of the one of the things I'll just add on to there that I think can be really helpful for listeners is as you begin creating any piece of content, start with what action you want them to take, you know, when they complete it so that you're already going into the whole creation process, seeding and leading uh, to whatever you want that next step to be. I think that's a really great conversation point for today because I agree, Nikki, I think pretty much every business owner out there today understands that they need to be producing content and they are in some form or fashion, but many of them are not connecting the dots from content creation to conversions in their business. Yeah. So I'm in, uh, yeah, definitely ask in terms of just, I mean, don't be afraid to ask for that next step that you want them to take. Um, cause you know, I think a lot of people tend to assume and put the burden on the customer that they'll know that or intuitively figure that out, but you, you need, you need to, as the business owner, kind of take that burden on yourself and, you know, just specifically ask for that action that you want them to take too. Definitely. 
So I know you're working with people a lot on the simplification and the streamlining of, of efficiency and getting focused on the right things. Um, can you maybe share like a transformation story um, of someone that you have seen uh, going through, you know, th this process and, and where they started and where they ended? Because I think a lot of people really wonder, is this possible for me? Sure. Um, so probably the best success story I could share is is one of my own. Um, and it's really kind of what prompted me to write the book, uh, because I really I think there's something really kind of interesting happen in, in that um, there's a lot of, I think, forces at play, too, in terms of that are um, unknowingly pulling business owners into um, adding more things on the list and complexity. And from what I noticed working with a lot of the, you know, uh, high performance business leaders is they look at focus differently. Um, so there's a series of steps kind of going from assess, aim, action. And so in the case of uh, a company that I was at, uh, brought me on board to create a new sales channel. And we were going to go down a path that was what was kind of typically done within the industry and starting to partner with, let's say, some other consultant type companies. Um, and um, basically our business was, we, we did sell some software, it was mainly business consulting services, like say around helping companies improve their business processes. And then also selling them some software to help manage that. And what happened is, so we were gonna head down one path and you know I kind of came on board um, and working with the team in place. And instead of kind of jumping right down the path and starting to take action, um, what we did is we took a step back and kind of created some space to, I think, look at some really important context factors um, that really kind of make up, you know, hey, let's let's figure out what the opportunity is first and what we should be focusing on. So, for example, you know, looking at in terms of, you know, what were some of the things we were hearing from customers? Um, what were, was some of the competition doing? What would they do well, not so well? Looking at what capabilities um, that we had as a team and as a business. And then also looking at who, who was it in the marketplace and in the greater ecosystem that influenced those customers? Like, who did they look to? Um, for information and what we found out kind of just going through that exercise or the exercises was we were actually focused on the wrong opportunity. Um, we weren't taking advantage of what our greatest strength was. We weren't working with um, and partnering with those other companies that influenced our customers the most. And we essentially took that from um, you know, uh, which wasn't creating any revenue for us. And in 18 months, built that into a $7.1 million business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the starting point of assess. And I, I would even use the word, you know, think uh, as a starting point. And it's so interesting. And I love that you're sharing that story, Nikki, because I think that everyone is taking so much, quote unquote, massive action, uh, buzzing around like, you know, bees, busy bees, um, doing so much that there is very little strategic thinking even going on anymore. Oh, definitely. I always like to say, you know, if you're going to lead with hustle, you're always going to have to hustle. Yes. Yes, that's a great, I, I, that is a great quote right there, Nikki. You guys heard it here first. She said, if you're going to lead with hustle, you're always going to have to hustle. And that couldn't be more true. I love that, Nikki. Um, yeah, and you know what, just one other thing I'd add to it, and this is maybe, I think might be an interesting point for your audience is, 
So if we had went down that original path, if we had just jumped in and started, you know, hustling our butts off, we would have generated, it would have been maybe about a $250,000 opportunity versus a 7.1 million. So where you focus your attention is, could be dramatic. Yeah. So, so give our listeners a couple things that you would recommend that they look at as assessment points in selecting their focus to even make sure that they're going down the right path like you guys did. Yeah, so definitely. So there's really kind of four primary um, areas in assessment. One is, and the best place, the best place to always start is in um, looking at, you know, what are the things that you're hearing from your customers in terms of, so where would your customers go if they're trying to solve the problem? If they didn't even know your business existed to like, you know, what are the things that they're thinking? Um, you know, how are they, how are they maybe scrutinizing or evaluating that solution? Um, and then just kind of most people, it's, it's as simple as it sounds that in itself can be really kind of game changing for business because most businesses don't stop to think about what their customers want. Um, and, and there's always a lot of interesting feedback too that you're getting. So definitely involve team members that are on the front line with your customers because they also have a lot of great insights from things that they're hearing, uh, from your customers. Um, the second is, uh, I find that a lot of people get caught up and they don't want to spend time looking at what the competition is doing because they're afraid they're going to start to imitate them somehow. But the why looking at what's going on in your marketplace is because it kind of sets what your competition is doing is it sets like what I call a baseline expectation with people. And if you kind of start to get a feel for what that baseline is. So for example, there's a lot of industries that, they're pretty much doing everything the same, which is a great opportunity for your business to go in and do something a little bit different. So spending some time, you know, just seeing, you know, going through what's on their website, you know, what um, channels they use, how do they communicate with their customers? They have testimonials and looking through all those things to get a feel for, is everybody kind of doing the same? Um, you know, what's their weakness and how does that match up against your strength? Uh, the third area is really taking an inventory of what capabilities you've built up as a business, what unique experiences that you or someone on your team might bring where you can come at it from a different um, angle. And then the fourth is, and, and this is probably my favorite because it's so underutilized and is really high performance people partner a lot. So they figured out that you can have what's called kind of an off payroll sales force that you don't have to spend necessarily always the time hiring uh, employees that we're in the collaboration economy. And just by partnering up with business, other businesses that also reach your audiences or that influence your customers, you can quickly scale a business. And I actually take those through. That's actually um, what's in my book. I actually have taken all of these discussions um, from a lot of these big companies such as Apple, um, Procter & Gamble, what's kind of these conversations that are going on in the boardroom and the, the thought process behind how they assess and even in startups and have actually laid it out in the book and doing kind of um, also some online tutorials. Oh, that's great. And what site do they go to to grab a copy of that? So just cocktailceo.com. Okay, perfect. So let's talk a little bit about the inspiration behind the book and its title. So can you give us a little bit of a backstory there, Nikki? Yeah. So the, um, so the first of all, I, cause I get, I get asked this a lot, you know, where does the cocktail CEO come from? So 
it comes from a couple of uh, places, and I'll answer to the question where the book title came from. Um, most of the best business lessons, um, I, I actually had an opportunity to go and study uh, business growth strategy at, at Harvard because um, IBM um, company I was with has a nomination where they nominate a few select leaders, um, you know, once in a while, and you get to go and really study with you know, some amazing CEOs from other companies come in. And in particular, there was a CEO that I got to speak to afterwards, one of the, the sessions. And I'll never forget it because he literally, within just a few minutes um, on the back of a napkin, you know, explained to me their business model, how they made money. And I was like, you know what? You just clarified for me in two minutes what I, I you know, I didn't understand going through, you know, sitting in like a two hour meeting trying to figure out what the business was about. So the whole back of the napkin, um, I found some of the best, my best, the best business lessons I've learned have been on the back of a napkin. And then the cocktail CEO really comes from, um, for me, I've looked at cocktails, kind of my alter ego to always have an outward focus on the customer, um, and, you know, listening, observing, um, what's important to them and also bringing creativity into do a lot of creative problem solving and seeing opportunities that a lot of people miss. And then on the CEO side is really more of the analytical, um, you know, measuring, you know, looking at data as well um, and kind of those two sides balancing each other out. And the book title came from, um, so we actually came from, we, a lot of those, uh, you know, setting aside time to think about strategy and assessment and, and how to focus, uh, you know, my team and I had started to kind of call those happy hours. Because I really think business should be, it's, it's sometimes it's just, it's too serious. You got to still incorporate the fun um, and really kind of set, and we, we divided those up into just like many little sessions. So we started calling those happy hours. So that's kind of where the name of the book came from. Okay, great, great. So take us through a little bit of the transformation that people are going to experience once they work their way through the, through the book, because I really want to encourage everybody that's listening to go get that advanced copy on the site. So give a bit of a teaser of, of the transformation they're going to get after they journey through this, this book of yours. Yeah, so it's it's designed with, you know, after you go through these five happy hours, um, you know, which, you know, we're talking you could do within a, a few week time frame, you're going to come out of that with a fraction and those few essentials uh, that you can focus on um, for the remainder of the year that are going to have the biggest impact on your sales. And it's really going to allow you to kind of in, start to engineer that traction and momentum and breakthrough in your business. I love that. Very clear. Very clear. Okay. So you guys heard it from Nikki. You're going to get those five essential happy hours that you're going to go do in your business. And you're going to walk away from this book with complete clarity around what you can do to gain traction right away. So I hope everybody will go snag their advanced copy there. So Nikki, what would you say have been some of your biggest learnings in, in the entrepreneurial space on, on your journey so far? You know, I would definitely say focus trumps everything. Um, you can take a small company that doesn't have much money, time, and resources, and with a little bit of focus um, and kind of create some progressive steps, within a year to 18 months, you can go from not even being on the radar to leading in your industry. Whereas I think so often um, many entrepreneurs think they need to have a lot of money or need to go get funding. Um, but I've seen a lot of companies that have had a lot of money and without focus, they didn't, they actually didn't succeed. Um, whereas on the other hand, I've seen a lot of small companies that really didn't have much to start with. And with a little bit of focus, like I said, in that year to 18 month time frame, 
um, you know, they're leading their industry. And I, you know, I experienced that firsthand with the, you know, company I was talking about earlier on as well. Yeah, so true. And it's really interesting. I hear from people, there's so much buzz online about getting funding and, you know, getting an investor and, you know, people are always looking for that fast microwave approach. And that's really not the right solution for the vast majority of businesses. And I've also heard from so many individuals that did get that funding. And because they did not understand how to handle that funding, the, the business is no longer in existence. The investor lost their money and, you know, nobody walks away successful in that scenario. So I think it's really, you know, I, I love it that you said it comes back to focus and I completely agree with that. Um, let's give some people, as we're wrapping up here, let's give uh, some core essentials that, you know, the best in class businesses are all doing that, that come back to that focus word um, that do achieve that rapid growth in, you know, a year, 18 months, whatever it is, um, by following the course. Sure. Um, so, and this is what I talk about in the book a little bit in explaining kind of how some of these high performers look at focus a little bit differently. Um, but in kind of what that is, is focus kind of crosses that assess, aim and action. So assess is really that beginning part of, you know, yes. figuring out. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What, Kelly? Oh, no, I just said, yep. <laughs> um, just figuring out what that focus is and then aim. This is where start to get in kind of identifying. You're starting to kind of eliminate, um, some things and making some choices, eliminating, um, uh, let's say channels is a great one. Um, I find a lot of businesses have too many channels they're trying to manage such as, um, podcasts and blogs and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then also identifying a differentiator and then going into that last step of, um, action. So they, they look at these three areas of assess action and aim as very separate, but equally important areas that they need to hit on each year and action really being coming up with like a one pager of, um, what they're going to do. And this is where you start tying kind of strategy into execution, where I think we hear a lot of talk about some people are, and I think you kind of hit on it earlier, Kelly, when you were talking about, um, everybody really being, you know, focusing on the hustle, but it's, it takes some thought. I mean, it takes some thought to think about what you're going to be spending your time on. And then of course you have to act on it. So they see those as really three equally important, um, areas and there's kind of different energy involved in each of those. Yeah. And I think you said a key word there that I want to go back to for just a second, which was eliminate you know, and everybody's heard of the 80-20 rule and, you know, it's so true and 80% of pretty much what everyone is doing could be eliminated and it would in no way, shape or form impact their income. So I, I think with your model here, Nikki, with the assess, aim, action, what you're saying is take a breath, take a step back, actually use your brain, you know, figure out what you can get rid of, you know, put your thought to, you know, where you're going to focus and then take just immense action on those core things that you're going to get those results from versus doing everything and not really having anything produced for you. Yes. Yes. And I, I try and specifically show the how to do that elimination piece and then giving kind of customer examples and then going into, um, kind of some online tutorials for how do you, then how do you, okay, how do you apply that now for your business? Love that. So Nikki, what would be your kind of final best piece of advice for our listeners in terms of what they can do starting today to make 2017 their best year in business? So I would say definitely set aside some time upfront in the beginning of the year to um, assess those key areas um, and starting to kind of identify that, 
you know, that differentiator, um, you know, focusing on a few channels that could be, you know, really the most effective and compelling for you and kind of putting together, let's say, a one page action plan um, and really focusing on, you know, it, 2017 keyword, I think, is always focus focusing on where you can do a few things really well instead of a lot of things mediocre. Because that always, always, few things well always um, outperforms uh, mediocre. Absolutely. Perfectly said. I love it. Thank you, Nikki. Let's give everybody that link one more time so they can get their copy of the book. Where do we want people to head to to grab that, Nikki? So if you go to cocktailceo.com and just click on the tab you want to stand out, it's right there. Love it. Okay, brilliant. Nikki, thank you so much for all of the value that you brought to the show today. Oh, thank you. It was great to be here. All right. And to all my listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today. And I want you to stop what you're doing and pick three people that you care about that you know could benefit from the value that was shared on the show today. Shoot them out this episode. Shoot them a quick text. Say, tune into the show today. Jump on board with Unstoppable Success Radio and help them to achieve their goals. So thanks so much to everybody for tuning in. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.